welcome to our uh, second episode of our Movecast. Um, so anyone who hasn't watched um, the one that's previously on, it's been about nutrition um, and our experts, Kyle, Ben and uh, Gary did the, did the previous one. Um, myself um, and two other colleagues who I'll, who I'll introduce um, in a minute, we are here to talk about kind of the, the women's side of it. It's not a women's series, but we're, we're going to um, break down some barriers and some stigma that, that comes across with uh, women's body type, social media, um, lots of things that have probably been been in the press recently um, and just to have a chat about it and our our experiences um, and opinions on it okay so today we are um, joined by uh, Mel Steingast who is our senior sports development officer um, and she runs everything kind of clubs um, and athletes related uh, and we're joined by um, Helen who is our, our active lifestyle instructor so you'll see her in and out of the gym um, and on the on the on the studio teaching the classes and myself um, I'm Leisha Wegg I'm the active lifestyles manager um, and I deliver kind of everything health and well-being um, and and kind of manage some of the gym and some of the studio as well. Um, so what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be covering um, different sports and somatotypes. So we'll go into what somatotypes are um, and do they really reflect what your sport is and, and do you think they're right? Do you think we should put a label label on a body type? Um, we'll then be talking about um, girls at school and the dropout rates um, of of when you hit puberty. Are there certain things and certain um, aspects that girls don't want to carry on doing exercise? Um, and then we'll kind of be going on to about lockdown um, exercises because some people are still in lockdown um, and have people been doing it more or less or why? And then we'll finish on um, some social media stuff, which will then carry on to our next session. OK, so um, was developed in 1940s um, by an American um, psychologist, um, William uh, Herbert. And these are groups of um, well, they're, they're kind of uh, labels that they would put on people. So you have ectomorph, endomorph and mesomorph. OK, so ectomorph are they're tall, they're skinny and they hold very little body fat. OK, so some sports, i.e. Um, high jumpers could could be associated to this. We've then got endomorphs that have um, hold a bit more body fat. Um, they gain weight easily, um, but they are designed for, i.e. rugby, weightlifting, powerlifting, um, all that strength that you need for those sports. Um, mesomorph are kind of athletic and solid. Um, so you could have a rower, for example. Um, they're quite quite square if you if you want to put them into into a shape. Um, so question to probably Helen first. Um, do you think that somatotypes are correct and do you think that you should be into body type shape um i think it's a difficult one because i did a sports degree and you know when we learn about different things it's always talking about your somatotypes um, and always putting everybody into categories um but now i think about it and the way society is changing it's like should should we actually be stereotyping people to be into these categories yeah. because you never know in a few years time like the science um, behind it could all change um, and I just think it's really hard to stereotype people like yeah. for me I wouldn't know which category I'd come under yeah. I'd probably say I'm more of the mesomorph just because you know I've got a bit of muscle etc yeah um, but yeah it's just one of those things like again like you said should we be 
categorizing people into these three different sections yeah yeah um how how do you think that would affect um a 15 year old woman who has who has gone oh okay i've, I've looked at endomorphin i've looked at mesomorphin i'm probably one of them but i don't want to be one of them because they it seems fat or or they're larger than an ectomorph how do you think that would impact on kind of their mental health with being put into a label um i think it's really hard again like i said because of the way society is now everything does have an effect on your mental health yeah. i think it's such a shame that we should be labeling and categorizing people just because yeah. of the way their body looks like i just think it's such a shame for young people um and we will go on to discuss that um yeah. with their sport for them to have to deal with that at such a young age like oh my body's this and mm -hmm. i have to be in this category because it looks like this but yeah. why why should they have to be in that specific category yeah um mel the question same question to you um well i think i think when i first learned about it in like years ago <laughs> i think it i think it's one of those things that you associate with sport elite sport uh athletes. yeah um i don't think a lot of like everyday people who just kind of uh, live in an active lifestyle would associate themselves as being one of these things and actually I don't think yeah. they'd even associate themselves as being fully endomorphic mesomorphic I think you can definitely be a combination of some all of them I think because everyone is different I I, I think it's you have to take it with a pinch of salt obviously 1940 when this guy yeah <laughs> created it it's it's very quite dated so i think it's, it's just a, a way to categorize simpler but i think i don't think there should be that much kind of store in how people view their bodies on that because i think it is pure yeah. a lot of the examples are purely elite performance performers so you've got your like high jumper hammer thrower footballer yeah. um actually we definitely know that footballers don't all look like that like you can look at peter peter crouch he's he's not mesomorphic yeah. he's a prime example in terms of how people younger girls might view their body i think like you said there's so much more body body positivity now yeah. um and people view their bodies completely differently i think to how this was created and, and again this is created by a man or woman so um that's a whole different um thing to say like a woman didn't create this thing this isn't yeah. this isn't being created through a, a female lens so um i don't think i i personally don't think if you're a young girl learn about this you would associate you would have any connection to your body yeah any of one of those um and if it was i think it would be quite fleeting um so yeah i don't i don't I don't think it's good. I think it's a good scientific category of the extremes, but I don't think people live in those extremes. No, I think I think with that as well, that it's I kind of want people to understand that you don't have to be a a tall, a skinny person to be a runner or you don't have to be tall and skinny to play. So you, you guys play netball. You don't have to yeah. be tall and skinny to play netball. And, and again, we'll come on to the social media side of it, that why why at the moment, and, and I, I actually do think it is changing, um, which again, we'll come on to that. It was always classed as being skinny was good. 
but there is scientific evidence and again we'll come on come on to that that part in a minute that you know it's it's not all end all and be all of, of being skinny so the the second part we're going to be talking about today is the um the dropout rates of girls at school so um we'll come on to obviously i'll ask mel and helen about our experiences when we were at school um i've got some statistics here that are quite shocking um when i was when we when we kind of set up this move cast uh, we wanted to get some different aspects on it and the statistics i found um are are quite shocking so i'll, I'll read some out for you so the um 60 percent of girls um age 11 to 16 know a girl or a young woman who has experienced mental health problem through their body in sport okay um one out of three girls age 14 to 16 are unhappy with their body uh six out of ten girls said they um that failing during puberty wanted to make them quit 64% of girls have quit the sports by the age of finishing puberty. So they're not even, they're 16, 17 and they've quit sport. They haven't even wanted to carry on. Um, and which, which is quite relevant, the next one. So lack of active female role models. So 72% of girls age 11 to 21, which is quite a big bracket, uh, years old, say a lack of media coverage of women's sport can lead them to being treated unfairly. So kind of question to you guys why do we think this whole why do we why do we think girls drop out of, of of sport when they're when they're young and it might be a bit different for us three because we've carried on doing sport but um I'll, I'll give that to Mel first why do we think that girls drop out when when they get to kind of 14 to 16 years old yeah like like you just said I find this really difficult to sometimes engage with because yeah. I can't even shape with those figures because I'm not those figures yeah um, I've always been in sport so when I think of my experience of sport it's always been really positive obviously there's been times when it's not but that's not to do with body yeah. um dropping out so when I see that I find it really hard to understand <laughs> maybe I'm not the best person to ask um but obviously with obviously your friends at school I went to an all yeah. girl sport wasn't valued I don't think sport was a, a valued uh, in the curriculum I think yeah. it does definitely comes down to how lessons are planned it definitely comes down to the small things like changing rooms get people getting changed yeah. you know all those little kind of factors like if it's before lunch if it's after lunch um like how are they feeling that day are they on their period that day they don't want to you know it's not yeah. necessarily the session itself is sometimes those contributing factors to get them to that session. Yeah. Um, and actually a lot of evidence as well. Um, I know looking at sport and, and female participation before it showed that actually a lot of women, it's not about learning new skill, becoming um, a mastery in that skill or playing elite sport. Yeah. A lot of people would want to do it for the fun and enjoyment side. Um, and it's more of like a connection thing and, um your friends and stuff like that so I think sometimes may, maybe maybe I, I don't I, I'm not a PE teacher but sometimes a lot of sessions are to you know the learning objective is to learn a skill yeah. the learning objective is to play a, a like a invasion game and actually maybe how sport is um being delivered um, yeah. isn't always the best way it has been um because it's not always um 
people don't some people aren't competitive they don't want yeah. games so maybe there's all those kind of contributing factors um and also you know those those ages as well it's there's lots of other things going on at that age you know you've got your exams and stuff like that you've you've you're picking universities you, there's a lot there's also family pressure so I think it's there's so many different things that can affect female participation yeah. and you said just about um like the media coverage and I do agree I think there should be definitely more media coverage of of women's sport I yeah think that definitely helps um there's so much to say you know just for example with the netball world cup was on the like uh, six months later the participation rates for grassroots netball went through the roof lots of lots right. of um but that's much lower level so that's much like um 11 yeah. eight-year-olds but that being said also there's such a gap between your elite performer and you know your average 16 year old yeah. like as much as they can be inspirational you need a closer gap you need yeah. someone they can identify with on a much like smaller level because sometimes yeah. someone run around you know a professional foot women's footballer yeah okay the initial motivation to carry on but where is that sustained motivation you get that sustained motivation from your friends you get that sustained motivation from people around you from your parents from your coaches mm. so as much as yeah I agree immediately needs to improve everything around women's sport needs to improve how it's developed almost need to think women's sport has been developed in parallel to men's sport but it's completely yeah. sport so we're not just a, a mini version of the men's game we're a completely different version of the men's game so yeah. it's developed for women by women um so I don't know if that answers any of your questions but that's, that's I think good. it's so systemic I think it's so systemic why there's such a big dropout um and there's so many factors yeah I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I can remember this. This is kind of ingrained in my mind when we were at school, kind of um, between, well, even between year seven and year 11. I can remember I used to love swimming. And regardless what time of the month is, I would go swimming with the school because I loved it. But I can always remember um, the, the swimming pool we used to go to. It was a walk across our school field. It was It was really close. And there was a glass, kind of a glass screen. Whenever it was swimming week, half of the girls would be on their period and it was a it was a stigma that some may actually have been which is fair enough but the other half it was the fact that they had to get into a swimming costume in front of guys and that is a massive thing when you're that young that you know all these body changes are happening and it's a private thing so you don't want that to be seen in front of people you don't know yeah, um, definitely. and I think your, your point Mel actually about that it it needs to be designed around the, the people not the around maybe the the curriculum that yeah. I think all of those people that never swam okay it's resources for teaching but why did they not go to it to, to the sports hall and do something else differently still yeah. being active that's really important um and I think for the for the role model side of it as well I, I totally agree the the, the one person that sticks in my mind, um, and she's quite a good role model, is, is Jessica Ennis-Hill. Um, she is, we'll, we'll come onto the social media side, like I keep saying, but she, um, I've actually read her book, and from, from 13 years old, she actually nearly dropped out because she wanted to go drinking and partying. She walked up to a track session and her coach made her do it when she was ill and hung over, and she realised that's not what, what she wanted to do. 
Um, she's actually won gold medals and got an Olympic medal. She's had children and then she went back into the sport and she actually does do some some other initiatives to help people into sport. Um, so I think there is so many things about yeah. girls and their their view on PE. Um, but but Helen, what what is your kind of view on it? Or have, have you had an experience of it or not? Um, well, I agree with what you're both saying, to be fair. Like, yeah. um, and, you know, like, it's so shocking, like you said, Mel, about the statistics mm. over it all. And I think there is a lot that needs to improve in women's sport as a whole. I did read an article the other day, actually, which was to do with the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Okay. And they were saying how they're going to try and make it more um, positive towards women. And that yeah. in the women's sports, they're going to have... I think it was something like they're going to have more medals um, okay. than what the men would have, which yeah. I think is really good um, for, you know, it's the first time that's ever going to happen in the Commonwealth Games for yeah. something to click inside somebody's brain or something to be like, okay, now let's yeah. not do something for the women. You know, yeah. it's always been about the men. Let's do yeah. it for the women. And I just think, you know, when we were younger as well, we didn't really have facebook instagram snapchat right. you know like and you think now if girls are in the you know doing pe or whatever they can easily just go on social media and just look and be yeah. like oh you yeah. know like that has such a big influence on whether girls want to do pe or not and mm. you know like you both said it needs to get better for women as a whole yeah perfect thank you Um, so the next uh, the next part is going to be around um, we're going to call it lockdown exercise and so um, from from obviously our our move uh, move imperial we were um, sent into lockdown all sent home I think it was the seventeenth of March um, and then we reopened on the seventh of September so quite a few months um, as as move imperial we were getting people active um, but as as girls and as as women. Um, for I'll start with myself. So with with lockdown exercising, um, it was a chance for me to be able to run more. And I didn't run more because I wanted to lose weight or anything like that. I ran more because I had the time. So I didn't have the commute before and after work and I could fit it into a lunch. So I was running before work because it was nice and sunny because we had a really good summer. Um, and it, you know, say I was going on the bike after work because I could because I'd be finished at five. I wouldn't get home at half six, kind of quarter to seven. Um, do you think the the kind of lockdown exercising, do you think it had a negative effect or a positive effect on some people? So I'll start with you, Helen. Um, well, for me, obviously, from an ART perspective, yeah. um, we were furloughed for the six months. So it was really weird to have six yeah. months off of just yeah. not really doing anything. And um so I decided that I was just going to get outside in our garden because we've got a big garden. Yeah. Um, and I have, I live with five of the girls, so there's six of us in our house. Um, and like you said, when the weather was nice, I would get outside, do some exercise, and then the girls would slowly start to come outside yeah. as well. That's so good. we'd all kind of like do exercise together. And um, one of the girls I live with, um, she, like literally she'd do two sessions a day 
just because of the fact that I was doing exercise yeah being able to get out in the garden and she honestly I was so proud of her because she couldn't even do one burpee and then she was smashing out about 30 burpees in a session (laughs) and it just made me feel it just made me feel so um like impressed and proud that you know she she had um nine to five job in an office um and she still carries on her exercise now and that makes me feel a bit proud because you know during lockdown we were able to go outside do some exercise um and now even when she's got um she still does her work after she'll do a session or on the weekend she'll do something the part that i found the hardest though was not having netball and i'm sure Mel would probably agree with me on this one um but it was quite nice when the courts were um so we got some courts by us and we were able to just me and one of the girls I live with just went down to the courts did some netball stuff um, and then would come back but again like I said for me it was quite hard at the beginning just because usually we do five classes in the week between us ART staff and not having that it felt like I had to do something every day um but I went running. I'm not really a runner, but I did try running. I'm not the best, but I did do it, which was quite nice. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to be able to get back in the gym as well and be able to do other things. Um, Mel, what was your kind of view on on lockdown exercising? I think probably for the vast majority, yes. Initially, yeah. it did increase um, because they suddenly had the gift of time, which everyone always yeah. um, and. And I think when a lot of people were in full lockdown, when you couldn't leave your house, I think exercise became part of a routine. And it was the first thing they thought, yeah, I have time to do this. But saying that, I think as lockdowns then kind of unlocked, I think it's been the first to come out of their routine as well for some people. Um, Because it's like kind of not seen as a central part of their routine. It's seen as like an an add-on nice thing um like this is my time but that's the first thing that a lot of people like take out when they get they get busy again so I do think for some people yes that definitely they've they had an opportunity to do more exercise and whatever form of exercise that was um probably very different to what they would have thought they wanted to do obviously because of no gyms being open but obviously I think one thing I do think lockdown was good for which is it was all um and again going back to the the women's side um because it was virtual women or men were doing exercise in their own homes so they're in a safe space so actually it encouraged a lot more people to be active because they were doing it in the comfort of their own safe space rather than in a gym full of other people and mirrors um so i do think that has been really positive um and i've seen i was doing some pilates in lockdown because I've kind of injured a bit um and that was a obviously I think that was great because you built up a community you had online communities and I think those type of things help sustain people's participation within something I think if it I think for a lot of people I think that's helped them if they did start and they now carrying on but I do think it has got to a point now where the weather's turned and um stuff's kind of open people kind of go back to work okay. maybe that good habits have fallen fallen away again um yeah so I think yeah I think it was 
it was great for p- people and I definitely did some more Pilates and I kind of got into more of that kind of more lower kind of tempo stuff um but am I doing it now no <laughs> <laughs> um, <Is she> not? <laughs> I, yeah like active and sporty I know I'm injured but I'm not doing it so if someone who is less motivated than me yeah doing it probably not yeah so I think there's about lockdown stuff but I think again it goes back to that sustained participation why are people stopped that's yeah. the yeah. what one thing I do think there needs to be women in sport they're doing stuff on this and sporting your mm-hmm. project but it is how women return to the gym as well yeah yeah their normal normal lifestyles because yeah I don't think I even had anxiety maybe about oh I don't want to go to the gym like what if I can't like uncomfortable I don't know how I feel about being around people who are breathing heavily I think yeah that's another like a whole bigger piece of work of yeah are women now going back to the gym now that they're open I again I don't know where that data is but I don't I like if we can just look at classes classes are still low across lots of gyms is that because they're doing virtually still at home or is it because they've stopped or is it because they're uncomfortable so again like when yeah. I think of him it's been a lot of males in the weights area yeah it's I think it's that um there's probably a, a bit probably quite a lot around that that some people have been like right I've paid 50 60 quid a month for a gym membership obviously I, I weren't paying it you know between March and September and now I know I can do a YouTube workout and I don't have to pay that 50 60 pounds so it could be that it could be that like people do have anxiety about going back to gyms um there are loads of things around it I mean um there's a I think I think around the gym side we're obviously going a little bit off topic here but I think it's the safety and stuff as well of how clean the gyms are um uh, we're obviously very biased we've got a very good cleaning schedule um at ethos but i know from other people have told me that their gyms are being cleaned twice a day and i think to give people anxiety around it um just going to go back to your point mel um and we'll, we'll move on to our next subject around um are women comfortable going back to the gym and you mentioned about mirrors and this is we'll, we'll go on to the next subject now about social media so I think that everyone knows what Gymshark is, okay? For those who don't, it is a clothing brand um, that is um, for gym, or you can buy hoodies or tracks your bottoms and stuff. So the classic, I think people call it gym, is tight leggings that go kind of just below, just below your, or just near your abs, and a tight sports bra, okay? Now, it's, it's exactly, you know, people can wear what they want to the gym, but I think some people are not put off by it. That's the wrong word, but they're probably um, a bit anxiety around it that, oh God, okay, she's in the gym looking like that. Is that what I need to look like? So I, from my experience, I wear runner shorts and a sports bra and a vest. I, I don't wear leggings because I get way too hot. So that's personal preference for me. Some people like to wear leggings higher up because it, they think you know it, it keeps everything in and they feel a bit more confident which is absolutely fine do you think the um how social media has portrayed 
people in the gym, do you think that's had a negative effect on how people think they should look before they even step into the gym, before like their outfit? Mm. Um, Helen, I'll come on to you because you work in obviously a gym and, yeah. and you've been to a gym. How do you think that affects with kind of social media as well? Um, obviously, everybody's entitled to wear yeah. what they want in the gym. You know, I'd chuck a pair of leggings on and a T-shirt or like, you know, um a strap top just because yeah. if it gets really hot or whatever yeah and you know when it's in the summer and you play netball then shorts is the go-to and then in the winter you know it's just like leggings and whatever else yeah. um but I think oh I don't know it's a hard one because you know everybody is allowed to wear what they want but course, if yeah. I I think if I was younger and i genuinely like think this would happen and I went to yeah. the gym and I saw and I knew Gymshark was like say it was back in the day when I was um, at school yeah and I saw a girl wearing Gymshark or any other brand in and it looked really cool and whatever I'd be like I want that yeah I want that because I'm I'm gonna look like her and if she looks that good then I want I want to look that good and now now that I'm older and whatever I just don't care what I wear in the gym you know like, <laughs> people want to judge me they can judge me you know like yeah. it's it's not gonna affect me in a negative way or whatever no but, you know I just I think it's a real shame if um women girls etc feel uncomfortable yeah. wearing what they want to the gym just because yeah. somebody else has got the latest gym shark clothing on somebody's got the latest night trainers on or yeah. whatever I think you just need to be able to be comfortable in what you wear um, yeah and I do think sometimes it does have a negative effect on you know girls coming into the gym women yeah. as well and I just and I think I think in society now it's such a shame because we're just tarnishing everybody with the same brush yeah and we shouldn't be you should be allowed to do what mm -hmm. you want in the gym you know wear what you want um and i suppose it's hard as well um if you've got people from different backgrounds you know like people who are poorer um who you know they might not be able to afford the latest night yeah. trainers the latest um you know running kit or netball yeah. kit or whatever so they just turn up in their clothes that they might have been wearing you know yeah. for a couple of days and that's all they've got and I yeah. just don't think we should be judging people by no. what they're wearing like what they're wearing or what they're doing in the gym it just it just really makes me feel really upset and not angry but a bit um like hurt for those people that they have yeah. to have to deal with that and they feel uncomfortable that they can't go to the gym just yeah. because somebody else is wearing something different I just yeah it baffles me if I'm honest <laughs> um and now what's kind of your view on it um I well Gymshark to be, to be honest Gymshark's a training brand isn't it and yeah. they do their stuff through affiliate marketing yeah. to go to the gym and then they sell and get links and stuff like that uh I just think it's it's a type of fashion I mean if you want a high high-waisted leg into the gym yeah fashion thing I mean probably six years ago it wasn't that I yeah think just if they it's again it's just comes back down to a marketing fit a marketing ploy for for consumers um but yeah. to be 
be fair to those brands because I've had Gymshark stuff before. They are quite good quality. Like, yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah. good to they're comfortable sell, as well. Actually, you sell for like um things, especially for women. So they've got like a women's. I'm not trying to sell Gymshark or anything, but <laughs> if you're squatting, so stuff like that. So yeah. they think about yeah. things women yeah. might kind of anxious about. Oh my god, are these see through? Like, yeah. so. I don't I don't think I think yeah possibly there could be some people who might associate a negative connotation to people wearing Gymshark because oh suddenly they like think they like they love themselves and they're in the gym and I think if you think that's you know that's quite sad if you have that because actually that brand has helped so many people get to the gym because they have massive following they have massive communities and there's not just that jam um Brand. there's lots of other brands that have that and it's like those yeah. online communities and then it helps workouts um so i to be honest i don't i don't think i i probably would if i was to need more gym stuff probably would go to more of a gym wear brand rather than yeah. use more of a running brand if i wanted yeah. to do more squatting or more weights yeah. the clothes are yeah. designed for that purpose um and but also part of that is it's a fashion as well and uh, if and also fashion is very much more linked to women so if that's going to help women get in the gym then why are we not celebrating that yeah just just on that point actually um I think it was maybe a couple of months ago or it, it probably longer I don't know if you guys remember Nike bought out um basically Nike it, it was on the news that Nike had a um, a new clothing range but all of their models were plus size models okay and there was a bit of controversy about it because they were saying, oh, people who are that big shouldn't go to the gym. Well, they should because Nike have designed clothes for them to go there. And like you said, the, the clothes are designed to help people to get fitter and healthier. Not you, People don't have to lose weight. It's, it's if they want to feel healthier. If someone is uncomfortable with the way they look, then yeah, they might want to lose weight. But if someone is a bigger bigger size person and they don't want to lose the weight they just want to get a bit healthier and they're like well not no brands have designed clothing for me to for that purpose for me to go to the gym and work out so I think Nike did really well there to to advertise that as not just their stick thin plastic figurines mannequins they actually had real size bodies yeah um, I think that's what more brands need to do um but yeah I think I think we I think in in this society, and we'll come on to the next session next week. So the we'll carry on kind of social media. I think from from this, it's that everyone has different opinions on on kind of anything social media wise, and it does affect people from an early age. We've known that eleven year olds don't want to do sport because of what they they've seen that their friend has gone through a mental health problem on that. And I think this these barriers kind of need to be broken down around. Just because you're a woman, you can't do sport. And and I think from all of us, that's quite upsetting because regardless of what sex you are, you should be able to do sport and still feel comfortable. Um, but yeah, so so next week we will we will kind of carry on into the social media. So next week is um sorry, not next week, it will be on the Wednesday, the 9th of December. Uh, we will be talking about more social media uh, and body image on social media. So we'll be talking about influences, um, 
good and bad because there are really good people out there that are body positive and there's also those that don't quite give out the right message okay so um if you've got any more questions you can contact myself um on l.weg at imperial.ac.uk um but thank you very much ladies for joining us um and we will be joined next week